Throughout history, there have been folk tales and stories passed down through the generations, scaring men, women, and children alike. Some taught lessons on the importance of having morals, while others are based more on truth than fiction. This is Prestigious Minds Scaretober Special. Subscribe for free on your podcast player of choice by following the link below. How's it going, Rob? Going pretty good, man. How you doing? Doing all right. We just finished recording Hansel and Gretel because we do these episodes in batches. Oh, yeah. That's really the only way to do it, isn't it? Well, when you have half-day Fridays. Right. So, today, we are going to be talking about the story that is a very classic story called Cinderella. And if you didn't know, the name Cinderella, at least I guess in English, it comes from the name like Cinder Pants, and then they change it in the story to Cinderella, so that's where the name comes from. Cinder Pants, is that like Cinder being like a fire, right? Yeah. It's yeah, like so apparently, yeah, so she hung out after she got done doing all her chores in like the basement or wherever the coal ash was and like kind of sat down on it and that's how she got all like dingy and stuff and like one of the stepsisters oh. called her cinder pants to make fun of her it's kind of like a middle school joke to be honest nice well that's that's pretty interesting i didn't know that i thought cinderella was just a name or something yeah so in the end the great a great name of a 80s hair metal band cinder pants cinder pants that we all are rocking our cinder pants yeah, no, like the, no, that, yeah. Oh, well, hey. Good try, good try. All right. Well, how about we roll on into Cinderella? I guess that is the story that we're going to say today. So let's start. There once was a wife of a very wealthy man that fell sick. And then when her end drew nigh, she called her only daughter to her bedside and said, Always a good girl. And I will look down from heaven and watch over you. And soon her eyes lifted to the heavens, and she died peacefully. Her husband and eventually remarried to a woman that had two daughters of her own. They were a little bit older than Cinderella herself. And they ended up not liking Cinderella. And her own stepmother didn't like her, so she gave her own stepdaughters the most fancy rooms in the house. They had inlaid floors, the finest furniture, and the most exquisite clothing the kingdom has ever seen outside of the royal family themselves. Cinderella, however, was left to the dingy din with rags for clothes. She was forced to do all the hard work and to wash the clothes and clean the dishes and hang the clothes up to dry and wash the floors and scrub the cupboards. Of course, when she got done, Cinderella would walk down and sit down by the fireplace where the coal was put into the furnace. And because of this, she would end up getting ash all over her rags. And for this, the older stepsister would always call her cinder pants, making fun of her, mocking her. She was very annoying and sarcastic. But however, the younger sister, being a little bit kinder, ended up calling her Cinderella. It's a little bit prettier of a name. The father, however, did not intervene in the poor treatment of Cinderella because he was so enthralled with his wife. He was captivated by her. And so 
he left one day and gave a little ash tree to Cinderella and they planted it by the road. He left off saying, I'll be back. And to tell his only daughter to take good care of the wife and the other sisters. Now it happened that the king of the land held a feast, which was to last three days. Out of those, the son of the king was to choose a bride. Then the invitations to the grand ball went out to all of the kingdom, depending on who you were, because obviously the lowly were not invited. The two stepsisters got a grand invitation, but Cinderella did not, because the stepmother said that she was just a peasant girl. So those two stepsisters were extremely excited to go to this ball, and they were deciding and talking, what should we wear, and how should we do our hair? On several different outfits and gowns, and Cinderella, being the nice, gentle soul that she was, helped them do their hair and makeup, and find the most perfect dresses for them to wear. They finally decided, this is the perfect dress and this is the perfect hair. Thank you so much, Cinderella. As they mocked her, saying, well, too bad you can't go. We would love for you to be there. Of course, this was all in horrible fun because they did not care about her. They went off to the grand ball and then Cinderella sat there, slowly cried a few tears and was like, I wish, oh, I wish I could go to the grand ball. It seems like so much fun. And then poof. The fairy godmother of a very self appeared and said, Child, why do you weep? Cinderella was like, I do much wish go to this ball, but I was not yet invited and I have nothing to wear. Therefore, the godmother said, Why don't you go pick a pumpkin from the garden and go find four righteous mice? Cinderella went and picked the most perfect round pokemon. I'm talking symmetrical, perfect circle. And then she went and freed four mice from the mice trap and brought them to her. She waved a little magic wand and went, pretty, pretty. And then the pumpkin turned into this grand gilded carriage of gold with four beautiful, magnificent horses. The fairy godmother was like, I only need a few coachmen for you. Cinderella was like, I know the perfect thing. We'll go grab some lizards. So she went and grabbed six lizards from behind the pail of water of the house. Then the fairy godmother was like, shik, shik, hazel tree, and then pchee, turned them into six magnificent watchmen fitmen for any ball. And then they had a carriage driver that she made from a rat. That's right, a rat. My fairy godmother told her, you may go to the ball, but at midnight, everything will turn back into a pumpkin, a mice, and a lizard, and a rat and you will be stranded. Cinderella was like, I'm so grateful, and by yes, I'll be back by midnight, but I'm only in the suffer hags. Spring him, and there's like one last touch, and wave the wand and hit her with it. Turned into this most magnificent gown anyone's ever seen. Arriving at the ball, the prince hears of this most magnificent, beautiful princess they arrive, stepping out of the carriage, and the prince greets her and was delighted to show her to everyone around. It was like, this is the woman I was waiting for. Anyway, continuing, the prince gives her delicious fruits and vegetables of the feast and has a merry conversation. At 11.30, Cinderella was like, oh, gotta go. And so then she ran off very quickly back home. The following morning, her stepsister showed up and was like, that ball was amazing. And there was such a most magnificent princess that showed up. We must think that the prince is going to marry her if she can find out who she is. And they're enthralled. They get ready the next day and they go back because this is a three-day ball. Cinderella is at once left at the house sweeping again. Fred Godmother appears. 
Cinderella. The fairy godmother asked, Cinderella, what is the matter? And Cinderella's like, I do much wish to go back to the ball. It was so much fun and glorious. Fairy godmother said, as you wish. And she does all the same things. Same carriage, same dress, same horseman. Says, at midnight when the clock strikes twelve, your carriage will turn into a pumpkin and your horse is back into mice. You must be back. I was like, okay. She goes back to the ball. This time the prince is waiting as she arrives and he's like, madam. He takes her out for a glorious dance on the barroom floor and they dance like they've never danced before and he is so excited. At once she lost track of time and she hears the bell of midnight and she freaks out. She runs off. The prince cannot catch her. Now she's running. She slips out of one of her glass slippers. She makes it back home out of breath but not discovered. The prince, however, is only left with this glass slipper. And the following day, which is the last day of the ball, the prince declares an edict upon the kingdom that says, Whoever's foot shall fit in this glass slipper shall be the only woman that I should ever seek to marry. To send the glass slipper around the kingdom with his agents. Eventually it arrives to Cinderella's household. The older stepsister tries to fit it in there, but it does not fit. So her mother, being the evil and greedy person that she is, hands her a big old kitchen knife and was like, cut off that big old toe so that your foot may fit in the slipper. That's what the older sister did. She cut off her big toe. She said, you won't need, a, need to walk once you're royalty. She's able to fit her foot in the slipper. The prince, being, I guess, blind, decided this is the one. And he starts riding off, and then there's a crow that says, Kaka, kaka, that is not the one. Look at her shoe. And he looks down, seeing that she is missing a toe, and he's like, You've deceived me. He takes her back to the house and tries to shoe onto the next youngest sister. Her heel just will not fit. She and her stepmother, or rather her mother, Cinderella's stepmother. They cram and cram and cram until finally it shaves the skin off her heel and it fits in just perfectly. We're talking about the glass sh shaving the bone here. And then the, key, the prince is like, this is the one, this is the one. And then once again, he puts her on his horse and he starts riding off to get married. And then he passes the same crow. And the crow says, kaka, kaka. That's not the one. Make sure you check her toes and heel. Looks and he sees the shoe full of blood and he was like, you have deceived me yet again. This is not the true one. He goes back to the house. There's only one more person left in the house. Of course, the stepmother and the sisters object to this, but the person, the messenger is like, well, we must check them all. As she slips her foot into the now the bloody crusted glass shoe, it fits most magnificently. And this time, at no problem. The prince is overjoyed and rides off with Cinderella. And they get married, happy ever after. She was the true one that fit in the slipper. After recognizing her beauty and her smooth, chill jazz dance moves, realized that she was the one. And they got married. As for the stepmother and stepsisters, they ended up living the life of destituteness. That is the somewhat summary version of the grim story of Cinderella. So, Rob, what do you think about that? Jeez, man, that's a that's a rough story, isn't it? That is not the Disney uh, story we like to watch on the on the boob tube. On the what? The boob tube. It's a word for television, man. Is that like, 
Is that what the old keisters used to say whenever television was invented in the 50s or something? Yeah, you know, I've heard it called the idiot box, too. Okay, so where does this story, like, originate? Where does the story come from? I mean, I don't know, man. Probably some weird dude high on mushrooms in the forest somewhere, you know? I think that's a close second. There's actually a... The oldest known oral version of the Cinderella story is an ancient Greek story of Rhodopis. I'm sorry. I do not know how to pronounce words correctly, apparently. Which was a Greek courtesan living in the colony of Nacratus in Egypt, which name means rosy cheeks. That's a long time ago, man, for Cinderella story, don't you think? A little bit, yeah. That is a that is a rough story. Man, I can't believe they... Let's just unpack this real quick. They, like, had two of the characters cut parts of their feet off to fit into a slipper, right? Well, so they could be rich, because this is royalty they're getting married to, right? Yeah, but they could afford, like, all these fancy clothing and go into balls. Like, wasn't that much of a stretch to just live your life... Being somewhat wealthy, opposed to royalty. I think the difference back then was astronomical. Maybe. I mean, just just think of that. And wasn't there an ending where it was a little more gruesome than that? There's, I guess, the Brothers Grimm. I kind of mixed two different stories of Cinderella there. But in the second edition of the Grimm's Brother story in 1819... The false stepsisters had hoped to warm their way into the favor of the fu- as the future queen, which we had talked about. But this time, they don't escape their princess's silent rage, which would be Cinderella, which she kept to herself until that day by not killing them. As she walks down the aisle with her stepsisters as her bridesmaids, Cinderella drove doves fly off of her shoulders and strikes the two stepsisters in the eyes. One in the left and the other in the right in their last chance of redemption but since they are desperate to win the new princess's affection they don't give up and go through the ceremony so when the wedding comes to an end Cinderella and her beloved prince march out of the church her doves fly again promptly striking the remaining eyes of the two evil stepsisters blind a truly awful Computants they have to endure. Then finally, free from abuse and enslavement, Cinderella leaves her family forever to be a princess with her beloved prince while the stepsisters live their lives as blind beggars as her father and stepmother are in total disgrace. Wow. That is a weird story, isn't it? What do you think the moral of that is? I guess don't uh, treat your siblings as slaves. Yeah, I'd say so. Probably for the um, the husband and the wife too, right? Don't like take your younger, whatever your least favorite child, and you know think ill of them because they may be better than you are. They may be responsible for your future, right? Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty brutal. I mean, when we talking about the treatment of Cinderella, it's really uh, depressing because it's like she is not a lower class than they are, but the stepmother's like, you know what? You're going to be the uh, house master now. And just kind of banish her off to the depths of peasantry, I guess. Yeah, I mean, at the time, I guess, you got to think she was no better than any other servant. The lowly servant that they were doing all the dirty work, cleaning the toilets, you know. Well, 
Considering they didn't have toilets back then, you know, it's a pretty bad job. Yeah. Well, whatever. The poop pile. You gotta scoop the poop pile. You know. I guess chamber chamber pots. Yeah. Chamber pots were around for a long time, man. Oh, yeah. A whole lot. It's like... It's like the bedpans that were used for warming people whenever it was winter underneath the bed. It was just like a pan with coals in it. Yeah, bedpans also what you would call for someone to poop or pee in nowadays. Yeah. It was also used to stir molasses down in, uh, what, Brazil? Yeah. As a, as a nod to the most famous book, A Pickle for the Knowing One, you should totally check it out. Don't do it. It is the best read ever, ever. Absolutely made. not. Oh, yeah. Okay. Greatest story ever. Yeah. Okay, so that is the story somewhat butchered by me and Rob on this final installment of the Scaretober event series of Prestigious Minds. Uh, booga, 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 booga. Uh, booga, 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of Prestigious Minds. That concludes today's episode. If you've enjoyed the show, let us know how we can improve by leaving us a review on Apple Podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at PMindsPod. And go give us a follow over there where we discuss and share photographs, videos, and anything visual related to the podcast. And thank you for listening prestigious minds.